Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun getting along and working hard. I love those three things together. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Boy, judging by the weather, you would think that this was the first Blackhawks Live of the year. But here we are. The season has come to a close. The Stanley Cup playoffs have already begun. And the Chicago Blackhawks no longer have Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane on their active roster. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. He's been our producer all year long. And just a uh, jack-of-all-trades, no pun intended, on the Blackhawks broadcast crew as well. A big thanks to just about everybody, you the listener, tuning in all year long, whether it's on Blackhawks Live, the pre- and post-game shows, the live broadcasts, uh, anything. It's it's always hard to believe that this is an actual job. And boy, is it fun, even after a year that the Hawks just had. You know, a lot of times people were asking me, are you ready for the season to be over? And, you know, you could you could think that this is me just kind of blowing smoke, but... It really wasn't too difficult this year because of the team that was out on the ice. I mean, the work ethic from the team. There were a couple of blunders out there. There was, you know, the real rough loss in Boston, uh, bad game in in Winnipeg. There there were some really rough losses for this team, which you kind of expected with what type of team was constructed for this year. But other than that, they stayed competitive. Until the very last moment of the regular season. And for some fans' minds, a little bit too competitive. We now know the Blackhawks have landed third in the overall standings. I mean, if you flip those over, uh, the Anaheim Ducks get the greatest chance of landing the number one pick for the upcoming draft lottery. The Blackhawks' chances at landing Connor Bedard at number one are at 11.5. Had they come in second, it would have been 13.5. Had they come in first... It would have been 25 and a half. And yes, okay, if they don't win that game in Pittsburgh, we're talking about the Blackhawks having the best chance at Connor Bedard. But it is a lottery. Nothing is guaranteed. And boy, did this team show you what type of motivation that Luke Richardson is capable of. I think the saving grace, the one consistent all year long, was how darn good the coaching staff was getting this team ready to play each and every night. I was just talking with somebody. Oh, it was Ernie Scatton here at the WGN Studios. And, you know, he was a, a little bit upset that the, the Hawks didn't land the best chances at landing Connor Bedard. But I'm like, you know, what if there is some hockey karma out there? Because nobody went for the rebuild and competed harder than the Blackhawks this year. And I know that doesn't justify the record. I know that doesn't do anything for the wins and losses. But they were a competitive team all year long. And I said this on the postgame show after the Pittsburgh game. If they had already clinched the best odds at number 1 for the upcoming draft lottery, and then they beat Pittsburgh, I mean, Hawks fans would have been floored to deny Sidney Crosby of the playoffs for the first time since he joined the NHL. That's not an easy thing to do, to go into Pittsburgh while the Penguins are fighting for their playoff chances and win on the road. And, oh yeah, also do that in Calgary about a week ago. It was a 
interesting year. It was a difficult year. It was a very hard band-aid that the Blackhawks had to rip off this year by parting ways with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. But the celebration for Jonathan Taves was definitely one for the ages. I'm glad he got to say goodbye to the fans. The fans got to say goodbye to him. He scored a goal. He nearly scored the game-winning goal in overtime. I mean, the poetry that that is, I don't care what you're rooting for in the draft lottery. Imagine if he was able to finish off his Blackhawks career with an overtime game-winning goal. And actually, Dave Ennett brought this up earlier that week. Taves is number three for all-time Chicago Blackhawks in game-winning goals behind Holwyn Makita. And the post-game press conference with Jonathan Taves, I think we learned kind of where Taves might be leaning towards. We don't have a definitive answer either way of whether or not he's done with hockey. But I would be willing to think one way based on a few of the comments, and here was one of them. It's hard. It's it's hard to uh, accept that sometimes life changes, but at the same time, it's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, where this team goes in the future, and, and um, it'll be fun to watch. I mean, I'll always be a Blackhawk for the rest of my life. He said that a lot, and so did Kyle Davidson. And yes, okay, maybe it's one of those cliche sentiments, but Taves looked jovial. He, he looked not relieved, but definitely at peace in that last game. And again, I'm, I'm glad there was just a straight answer of one way or another he's not going to be on this team next year. As much as it pains Blackhawks fans to think that Jonathan Taves is not going to be donning the red sweater anymore, he got his goodbye. And actually, for our last brew pub, lots and lots of pizza coupon, this is kind of a trivia question, maybe not, but out of the three Stanley Cups that the Blackhawks won, There's only a few players that were on all three teams. Who's the only player, other than Jonathan Taves, that got to say goodbye in a Blackhawks sweater and everybody knew that that was the case? There's one other guy. Won three Stanley Cups. Knew it was going to be his last game in a Blackhawks sweater at the United Center and then sailed off into the distance afterwards. Because I know the guys that you're thinking of that had to call it quits earlier, whether they liked to or not, they didn't get that send-off. We're already getting some calls. 312-981-7200. You can text that line as well. From the 708 area code, it's amazing how both number 19 and number 88 had near-overtime goal game winners in overtime in their last game as a Blackhawk at the United Center. Remember Kane's overtime goal? Oh, yeah, that was later reversed as time expired. An unbelievable moment. You can never take away my celebration after that goal. I'm with you. And to think of it, Taves nearly had his last goal at the United Center a few days prior against the Minnesota Wild, and that goal was overturned. So we were almost looking at those as the last two celebratory goals goal encounters for both Kane and Taves. And it just missed out. I I don't know what 
you could have done better to get the hockey gods to to give Jonathan Taves his, his final moment at the UC as being the hero one more time. But he nearly got it, and that place nearly went into a frenzy. Jack's taking up the phone lines right now. So real quick, hey, business owners, are you feeling the pressures of growing your own, your own business? It's tough to maintain momentum and still keep employees engaged. Insperity brings over 35 years of HR experience to help you with training, HR administration, and compliance while giving your employees competitive benefit options. Your people can thrive. Your business can adapt and prosper. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible. Scalpable HR, employee benefits, HR technology, Insperity, HR that makes a difference. All right, let's uh, quickly go to the phone line. As uh, my question earlier was, other than Jonathan Taves, who's the only other Blackhawk that won all three Stanley Cups and got to say goodbye to the United Center fans, the Blackhawk fans at the United Center in a Hawk sweater, Jimmy says he's got the answer. Who is it, Jimmy? Uh, Patrick Sharp. Patrick Sharp, congratulations. Were you at that game, Jimmy? I wish I was, just like I wish I would have been there Friday, because Jonathan Taze was my favorite player on the team during this, obviously, did the last 20 years. I went back to Makita and home myself, guys, so I've been a Blackhawks fan a long time, but I love Jonathan Taze. I love Patrick Sharp. I love the guys we had. That's what the best thing about it. The guys we had were a bunch of great people, man. That's the best part of it. I hear you. Hey, Jimmy, thank you very much for the call. Congratulations on your pizza. Thanks, brother. All right, that is Jimmy. He had the correct answer. And, again, a big thanks to our one of our sponsors, that is, Brew Pub Lots and Lots of Pizza. They provide us with coupons that we've been giving away all year. Find Brew Pub Lots and Lots of Pizza in the frozen section of your local retailer. Again, it's Chicago. There's a ton of great pizza, but you can't get delivery every time. If you're looking for a good frozen pizza, highly recommend Brew Pub Lots and Lots of Pizza. Fun fact Actually, before we get to that, I do want to play this other clip that Jonathan Taves had to say about getting to say goodbye to the Blackhawks fans. Tonight kind of closes the chapter for not only myself, but guys like Kaner who weren't able to be here to enjoy that and, and feel that that uh, appreciation, that love from the fans. And you know, going down the list, uh, Dunk, Siebs, Sharpie, Crow, Sauter, Host, Hammer. Um, I can mention so many names, guys that were, you know... <laughs> Unsung heroes in a lot of ways that uh, were part of those those special groups. So it's funny that Taves actually included Sharp in that list, but Sharp is one of the guys that did get to say goodbye when he retired. Before the game on Thursday, I saw Patrick Sharp down in the tunnel, and I I had to clarify with him because I I was going to talk about it on the pregame show. I'm like, you did get to say goodbye, right? And he said, yeah, I I was the only guy. I mean, Hosa didn't get to Seabrook. Duncan Keith, obviously Patrick Kane, Jalmerson. No one, none of those guys got to say goodbye. He said he was more nervous in that game, his final game of his NHL career at the United Center, than he was for his first. And he could really resonate with Taves during that final game that he would play. And again, I just thought it was a perfect way to to put a bow on Jonathan Taves' career. All the success, all the honors, all the awards encapsulated to one moment at the United Center. And kudos to the Philadelphia Flyers for sticking around. I mean, their season's over and they're just giving the recognition to Jonathan Taves for the honor that he so rightly deserves. We got more to get to. Want to talk about the next Blackhawks captain, if there's going to be a next Blackhawks captain coming up shortly. We'll hear from Seth Jones. We'll hear from Connor Murphy, who are two guys that might be candidates. And we'll also talk with Mike Fulta after the 730 News. 
He's the voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs. Rockford's going to the playoffs. A few guys are still down there after spending some time up at the NHL. Still more Blackhawks Live coming up next, 720 WGN. That'd be a huge honor. I mean, the uh, captains for the Chicago Blackhawks in the past are, um, you know, it's a category that's, uh, that's obviously unbelievable to be in. And uh, if I'm lucky enough to be, um, that'd be awesome. But i got to focus on, on my game, and if that comes, it comes. That was Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones, who is contractually on the books for the Blackhawks longer than any other player right now. And with his leadership that he's had this year with the Blackhawks, which he's had previously with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he was actually thought to be one of the next captains of the Chicago, rather the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then eventually came over to the Hawks. So his name has been thrown out there as a potential next captain for the Hawks. Now, I know a lot of fans are still kind of hell-bent on the contract that Seth Jones has with the Hawks. Uh, A reminder that Stan Bowman signed that contract. But Seth Jones' year really progressed. And I feel like as the year went on, as he started getting involved a lot more offensively towards the end of the season, he was able to just relax and play his defensive game a lot more. He was getting a lot of great feedback from the coaches. He was syncing up really well with his brother Caleb Jones. Caleb was talking about how he felt he played some of his best hockey here in Chicago when he got paired up with his brother. And Caleb, now an RFA, wants to stay in Chicago, wants to continue playing with his brother. Seth wants that too. How could you not? If you're brothers and you're playing together for the first time. But they did develop a little bit of camaraderie. Now, that was Seth Jones talking about the question of being considered for being the next Blackhawks captain. When Connor Murphy was asked that question, here's what he had to say. No, I haven't thought about it. And I, I, I think, uh, I don't know if that would be right uh, after, after Taser. I don't know if uh, anyone could, could live up to that anyway. So I don't know if that, that would be something that would even happen, honestly. So it's just kind of interesting that that was Connor Murphy's response, Seth Jones' response, a little bit different. I mean, both can be true. Connor Murphy could not think about it at all, not be brought up about it at all, and maybe Seth Jones was, or maybe he wasn't. I mean, he, he didn't say, hey, we've talked about that. The reactions to the same question were different, though. And I would totally understand if there is not a captain next year for the Hawks, if they go with three alternate captains, I mean, it's pretty easy with Jones, Murphy, and Tyler Johnson. They were basically doing that a lot this year anyway. Now, I think the outlier is how long is Seth Jones going to be here? How long is Connor Murphy going to be here? Because this is still a rebuild, and Kyle Davidson has shown that he is moving on. I mean, if you trade Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, anyone's movable. And we kind of already knew that when he traded Brandon Hagel and Alex Dabrinkit. Which, by the way, Alex Dabrinkit still not signed with the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa not in the playoffs. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens at the end of that. In terms of the conversation we were talking about earlier with Jonathan Taves and continuing or not continuing to play, I think he got everything he wanted with a goodbye with the Blackhawks. Now... What we've seen from Jonathan Taves over the past couple of years is that it's tough for him to do a whole season. So does he want to go through all that again? 
I don't think he knows the answer to that. And I think that's basically what he's been saying this whole time. And I can understand from the Blackhawks' side of why they wouldn't want to go through that through an offseason. Kind of waiting to see if their captain is ready to play. And if he's ready to play, okay, now we get into contract negotiations. It's, it's just very difficult. And it seems like, I mean, Taves said up front, there's no love lost, total respect for Kyle, kind of, kind of knew that that's where the conversation was going to go when he brought it up in Seattle. But now it's a matter of how badly does Jonathan Taves want to play? And basically, over the past couple of years, he's proved to us he wants to keep playing very, very much. But because of how difficult it has been over the past few years, I think that's when the reality of, hey, this year is coming down to to a winding close. Nothing is guaranteed for next year. And especially nothing is guaranteed with this team next year. So... I mean, and again, this is what I'm guessing Jonathan Taves' point of view is going through all this. Is I better get out there for a couple more games while I have the chance. And he took full advantage of it. He seemed in a lot better of a mood. Not that he was all down in the dumps or anything, but he, he definitely seemed like a bit of a revived spirit. And he took advantage of it. And he scored in his last game, and he got his goodbye. And that was quite a swan song at the United Center. If you were at that game, what an event that was. I mean, to say goodbye to Taves, to say goodbye to Mike Gapsky. And it was a great game. Athanasiu tying it up late in the third. And did you see the celebration for a team that's near the bottom of the standings for the last game of the year? No business being involved in playoff consideration. And how elated they were after they tied up the game. That's the type of atmosphere Luke Richardson can create. We talk with Mike Fulton next. He's the voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs. Ice Hogs are going to the playoffs. And they've got Lucas Reichel, Joey Anderson, Alex Vlasic, Isaac Phillips. We'll talk to him about that and a few other things. But first, we've got to get to the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Steve Ruxton. Big thanks to the 773 area code. I have a question. The Hawks are out of it this season. Nobody cares anymore. Why are you still having shows about them? Put one of the good shows on, like John Landecker, Raleigh James, even King John. Everyone is not a hockey fan. Well, lucky for you, number 773 area code. Uh, This is our last Blackhawks live show. The season ended last week, so we're wrapping things up. Uh, It's been on the schedule for quite some time. John Landecker, Raleigh James, King John, all great people. Landecker will be coming up after the 8 o'clock news. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live, whether you like it or not. Uh, Mike Fulta is out in Rockford. He's the voice of the Ice Hogs, and the Ice Hogs will be playing in the playoffs on Wednesday. How's it going, Mike? Doing well, Joe. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. So, I know there was a bit of a push to clinch the postseason, and, and a couple of Heavy games against the Chicago Wolves and the Milwaukee Admirals, but what's what's been the overall um, kind of tenacity of, of the Rockford Ice Hogs trying to close out this year right now? Well, you never want to clinch too early, right? Where's the fun in that? <laughs> but, uh, no, we uh, it came down to Game 72 of 72, the last game of the regular season, and uh, the Hogs got it done with uh, a clinching win last night. The Chicago Wolves, are our in-state rival, they won earlier in the day to – uh, kind of put some pressure on on us, and uh, the Hawks responded in a big way with a pretty convincing win on the road against against a really good Milwaukee team. And 
this is an Ice Hawks club that, you know, has had its ups and downs over the last half of the season. But uh, really one thing that stood out over the last couple months, I think, is just the level-headedness. So uh, it starts at the top with head coach Andrew Sorensen, you know, taking things one day at a time. Uh, but then on from there, especially with, you know, the goaltender, star goaltender, Arvin Soderblom, uh, such an even-keeled athlete. Uh, and this this group never gets too high or too low. And so they're going to be uh, fun to watch in the postseason. And now a best-of-three series against the Iowa Wild. I, I know the Ice Hogs played the the Wild a um, lot of close games this year. And, and I, I think a handful of them went to Iowa. So how do you feel that whole series uh, shapes out? Yeah, it's been a really interesting season series between uh, the Hogs and the Wild. I guess the league didn't think that uh, the two teams played each other enough. Uh, Twelve times wasn't enough in the regular season, so we'll do it again here in the, the first round. Uh, Iowa did have the, the series advantage seven games to five uh, of those 12, and seven of the 12 went to OT. So you're talking about close games. We had plenty of them in this season series. Uh, but Rockford won the last uh, four of the last five against the Wild, and so I think this this Hogs team and they haven't seen Iowa since the 25th of February. Both teams have changed a little bit since then, especially Rockford after the trade deadline. Uh, so I, I think this is a pretty confident group here with the Hogs. Yeah, how much of a shot in the arm do you think getting guys back like Lucas Reichel, Alex Flasic will be? Because you know the AHL is kind of screwy because, like you just said. For so long, this Ice Hogs team was playing without Reichel, Vlasic. Uh, now they get Joey Anderson. I mean, Buddy Robinson was gone for a little bit. So, you know, do they kind of have to figure out how to play with each other all over again? A little bit. I think that's been part of the difficulties over the past couple months and maybe why we didn't see this Ice Hogs team clinch a playoff spot sooner. Uh, it took some time for the team to kind of, you know, come together cohesively and gain some chemistry. But these last couple games, um, since Lucas Reichel has come back down from the Blackhawks, uh, you know, in my time with the team, just these last few months, it's the best that I've seen him. Uh, he had two goals on Saturday. And whenever he touches the puck, I mean, this is pretty normal for him in the AHL, but especially this last weekend, whenever he was on the puck, there was a collective gasp from the crowd, everybody holding their breath. Uh, then you mentioned Joey Anderson. He's had three points in his, his first two games as an ice hog. And you throw those two on a line with Rocco Grimaldi, who's one of the most prolific scorers in the AHL over the last couple of years. And it's, it's a pretty lethal combination. So uh, we have, uh, we have a, a full cupboard right now and a ton of great options. Our top six is as good as any in the AHL. And um, the last couple of games, 16 of the 20 players in our lineup were on NHL contracts. So that's a uh, that's you know kind of a nod to what the Blackhawks have done development wise to, to bring you know good players in, but also players that are going to contribute uh, at the Black with the Blackhawks in the next couple of years. Perfect segue, Mike, because my next question is going to be with the transparency that the Hawks have had with Lucas Reichel about keeping him down in Rockford until he's completely ready to come back up and come back up for good. I mean, we've seen him with three different stints at the NHL this year. Now, you've gotten to see him on the other end of it. How has his game changed when he's gone back down to the AHL uh, this most recent time and then then the other time, like late January when he went back down? I, I believe that was the second time that he went back down to the AHL. Yeah, earlier when he came back down, um, you know, I, I won't speak to his confidence. He would have to do that himself. But 
he, he did lack some of his usual productivity when he came back down, um, you know, when he had the three-point night um, with, with Matt, him and Max Domi yeah. uh, teaming up there, I believe it was against Calgary. But, um, but this most recent time, he has looked as authoritative as I've ever seen him. I think that's the perfect word, authoritative. He is doing what he wants with the puck. Uh, he's not the quarterback of the power play at the top, but he's running a lot of the offense from the right circle on the power play. And, uh, he, he's been very effective, like I said, those two goals uh, on Saturday, both coming off the one-timer. And uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It seems like he, he's revved up, very motivated for this uh, this playoff push. Well, that's good to hear because I, I feel like the most recent stint he's had up here at the NHL level has been his best, and it's good to see that he's translating that to the AHL level. And this is exactly what the Hawks want. They want these guys to be be performing at their best, especially in these high-intense games, and now for a playoff-like atmosphere. You brought up Arvid Soderblom a little bit earlier. What have you liked about his game? Because his NHL appearance has been kind of more circumstantial because the Hawks' goalie depth was just really taking a hit all year long. But he came up and performed. What have you liked most about him here at the, at the AHL? Well, one thing unique about Arvid is the intensity with which he prepares. If you ever have a chance to be near him right before he's about to go onto the ice, it's almost frightening how dialed in he is and kind of the laser focus that he's using to get ready for the game. And I think that kind of plays out throughout his, his last few efforts. He plays his best when the lights are the brightest. Um, in overtime, this year, kind of a crazy stat for you. He has a, he's stopped 41 of 44 shots in three-on-three overtime. That's like a 932 save percentage in OT. Like, your save percentage is supposed to go way down in overtime as a goalie, (laughs) but his has gone up. Um, He's also one of the best in the league when it comes to uh, shootouts. And so these – I know there's no three-on-three formats uh, in the playoffs, and um, you're not going to be playing shootout hockey in the playoffs, but the point remains that he's at his best when the spotlight is on him. Uh, and I think that's going to be huge for Rockford coming down the stretch. Staying defensively, what have you liked about guys like Alex Lassick and Isaac Phillips, two guys the Hawks are very high on? Two guys who can activate uh, from the blue line pretty much at any moment. A few nights ago, we saw Phillips kind of when the offense was a little stagnant. He saw an opening, and he just took the puck from the, the center of the ice, skated in, and scored. Uh, I mean, him and Vlasic both have the ability to uh, – to do that, they're both good at moving the puck. Obviously, they take care of things in their own end, and that's been their, their focus you know, for the season. Um, interesting that, that two 21-year-olds are wearing you know, the alternate captain's A. Um, you know, some, to quote uh, Teddy Roosevelt, or to paraphrase Teddy Roosevelt, some, have, uh, leadership, some are born with leadership, but some have leadership thrust upon them. Those two you know, may have been born with it, but they've definitely had it thrust upon them a little bit here uh, towards the back half of the season, and they've responded really well. See, I told Jack we were going to get a Teddy Roosevelt quote before the end of the show, and he didn't believe it whatsoever. And uh, now he's just shaking his head. He, he still doesn't believe it. Uh, Mike, congrats on, on this gig. I, I know you're a huge hockey guy, a huge broadcasting guy, but you know, you want to fill everyone in on your background a little bit and how you got here? Yeah, no, I, uh, I came from Atlanta, which actually kind of had some exciting news earlier today. They're working on a uh, developing a... An arena, it looks like, down uh, just outside of Atlanta. But I had been in the ECHL, so if you're not familiar, that's essentially double-A hockey uh, with a team down there. I had uh, spent the year previous in Fort Myers with another ECHL team. So 
So I had been in uh, the coast, as they call it, for a couple of years uh, before getting the call up, so to speak, to uh, to Rockford. Here, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a I'm a Purdue grad from uh, Indianapolis. So uh, glad to be back here in the Midwest, but missing the uh, the South Division of the ECHL a little bit, especially on days like uh, these last couple where we've got snow in April. You don't you don't get that down there in in Georgia and uh, on the Gulf Coast. No, for sure. Well, uh, sorry, uh, Mike. It had to have been a rough March Madness for you. I, I apologize. Why was there a was there a tournament or something? I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't really aware. Very, very, very good. Very diplomatic response. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave with this. I mean, how excited are you for the for the playoff hockey that's coming up on Wednesday? And and uh, where can people find tickets? Uh, the best place to find tickets is just on icehawk.com. Yeah, Wednesday that first matchup against uh, against Iowa. It's going to be a fun one, and then. Uh, the winner of this series between Rockford and, and Iowa uh, taking on the Texas Stars, and the Ice Hogs have been very good against Texas this year. So uh, Hogs, with uh, with everybody loaded up, all the guys down from, from the Blackhawks, set and primed to make a big run. All right, very cool, Mike. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Have a good one. All right, that is Mike Fulta, voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs. Yeah, if you want to go to goicehogs.com, I'm taking a look on the website right now. It says you can get 30% off playoff tickets with a flash sale. Uh, BMO Center is is a really cool place. It's not a far drive. It's it's about a two-hour hike from Chicago, but typically when you go to these games, you're always going at reverse traffic. So I highly recommend checking out a, a playoff game down at the BMO Center on Wednesday, April 19th. If you've got some time and and some uh, flexibility to do it, we'll wrap up the final Blackhawks Live and the regular season here on 720 WGN next. The next time you'll hear Blackhawks Live will probably be September. Last one of the season. I'm Joe Brand. Jack Heinrichs, our producer. I don't know if I feel more like a spoiled brat or a little bit vindicated that... I'm getting texters calling in and backing me up now from the 708 area code. Joe, I don't know what I'm more upset about, the end of the Taves era in Chicago or the end of the season of Blackhawks Live. Great season. I enjoyed it all year long. Well, thank you very much, 708, from the 269 area code. That's really rude. Tell them to take a hike. I'm sorry someone could act so stupid. Love your show. Love Hawk Hockey. Thank you very much, 269. Um, wow, 219. Dude, you're the man. Okay, love it. Uh, I'm I'm guessing this is now my cousins and uncles texting in, but uh, appreciate it anyway. Jack, I'm sorry. I said I'd bring you in at the beginning of the show. It's now towards the end of the show, but you were at the United Center on Thursday. What was your main takeaway from Jonathan Taves' last game? Uh, was, I thought it'd be emotional. It was pretty emotional even just sitting in the booth, and uh, it was cool to get Taves on the broadcast with John and Troy one more time, and then like when they're wrapping it up, Troy couldn't even talk to John yeah, at the because it? it just shows you how connected they are to 19s and how they've supported each other through their own battles and I think it just shows kind of something that transcends hockey. Two 19s and also two former University of North Dakota players. Um, that interview is well available online, WGNRadio.com uh, I believe on the Blackhawks 720 podcast yeah. uh, feed um, and, and a big thanks to anyone who has listened to the podcast version of this later on. We, I, I try to make it not so timely so that when you go back and listen, it, it still makes sense. And a big thanks to Jack Heinrich for putting that out there on the Internet. Uh, what about highlights and, I don't know, maybe lowlights of the season, Jack? Do you have any? 
Um, well, a well, low light that sticks out is that Seattle game when they scored like six goals rough. on seven shots. Yeah. I just remember looking over at um, the Hall of Famer, Paul Zerang, and he sh- we were just like, what the heck's going on? We've never seen something like that. Six goals on seven shots on goal yeah. or something like something, that? It was something crazy. Like, you just couldn't believe it. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of good moments. I mean, I think it started the first game of the year. They hung tight with the defending champs on their banner night, and Throughout the season, we we've I feel like we've talked about I feel like Luke Richardson's been here for a while because we talked about him so much <laughs> and how much the players loved them at the beginning of the year. That's what we talked about. Obviously, the Boston win was pretty cool because that's a team that might win it all. They set all these records and they, the Hawks were able to beat them on home ice. That was one of the more fun days. The host of night was really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, just goofing around in the booth with you, John, Troy, Paul. That was all fun. The host of night was cool. Um, all all that was yeah you're spot on. It, it's funny because I've noticed throughout this year how often I've said or how how the title of Luke Richardson kind of evolved. It was new Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson, new head coach Luke Richardson, Luke Richardson, Richardson like Luke. <laughs> yeah yeah to your point yes it's we have talked about him a lot and listen that that kind of comes with the territory too when you're talking about a rebuild. Especially when guys like Taves and Kane leave, like it's not going to be too surprising if one day Luke Richardson is the most recognizable person on the Hawks, which is right. hard to believe. Um, but I, I mean, I'm I'm not hiding away from my opinion that if you're doing what the Hawks are doing, I don't know how much better you could have done it. Right. I, I mean, mean, you could have got the number one pick, but that's kind of nitpicking. Well, and, there. and that can still happen. Exactly. And and you know, another thing I was talking with Ernie Scatton before the show today. If it wasn't a lottery, we might see the Blackhawks try to throw games. Right. I mean, not not publicly, obviously, and and not obviously, um, but you might see some type of effort. But I'm okay with them not doing that. I, I I'm okay with. A coach leading his team to try and win, regardless of the situation. And I, I know people want to throw that out the window and say this is detrimental to the rebuild. But, I mean, people are thinking that it, it's set in stone. The Hawks are getting the fifth pick. And even if they do get that, they're getting somebody good. I get it. Generational talent. We've said it a million times. Of course I want to see Connor Bedard here. Of course I want to see him in a Blackhawks uniform. But what can you do? It's It's a lottery. And I feel like... The gamble to not compete is worse than the gamble to throw games and land Bedard. But again, it's not it's not guaranteed. So everything yeah. is just so gray. Because I mean, Connor Bedard doesn't even he's not in the playoffs in his mm-hmm. league. It so that goes to show you, okay, even the best player in that certain league isn't the only guy necessary to create a winning team or a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, you look, and I mean, that's kind of all the media's been hyped up, but it's a pretty good draft. I mean, top three, if they can stay in the top three, they'll get a really good player, and I think you have to trust Kyle Davidson's track record in the front office's scouting. I mean, they've taken guys like that were, I guess, quote, throw-ins, like Lafferty, and they flipped them for a first-rounder, and Radish was kind of a throw-in, too, and he scored 20 goals this year. So I think you got to trust their scouting, too. you got to have belief until you don't have it anymore. You have examples of it. That's a great way to put it. And yes, I, I mean, we've been high on that a lot this year. The fact that Kyle Davidson goes out and gets these guys, whether it's a scene change, whatever, but he's also 
he's going after players that he f- thinks fits the right mold. Fits well with Luke Richardson, fits well with the type of hockey that he wants, and also, I mean, fits well with what type of hockey he thinks will be successful. Because the NHL is a copycat league. But you're going after fast guys, and I've said this a million times because we talked with Mark Eaton on this show, who's an assistant general manager in charge of player development, and he says, when we say fast players, we're not just talking about fast skaters. We're talking about guys that move their hands quickly, that can decision-make quickly, that can just play the overall game fast. And they've got a good core, or at least... Uh, a small sample size of a core with guys like Reichel and Phillips and Vlasic. And again, it's a long way, and a lot of guys have to pan out. But I don't know. It, it's really hard for me to poke holes right now. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. I mean, of course, like you said, I want Bedard here too, and they could still get it. But they they got a good – I think them getting three first-round picks last year was big to kickstart. I mean, you're looking at Davidson. He's coming in. Stan Bowman tried one last chance that year before when he got let go, and – he, you had all these players, and I mean, they've said goodbye to Debrinket, Strom, Doc, Kane, Taves. I mean, that's a lot for fans to take in. So it's understandable that they're like, "Oh, we got rid of all these guys, and now we didn't even get our, the best odds." But you got to look at some of the other stuff too. And we watched we watched pretty much every game, so you see some of the, the fingerprints in the early going. I mean, it's going to be a rebuild, and you just kind of got to not to be like the Sixers, but trust the process with Kyle Davidson <laughs> and see um, what he has to do because they're. Their prospect pool is up there in the NHL now. Who knows what we'll talk be talking about the next time on our next Blackhawks Live show. We will have other coverage, though, about the NHL draft, uh, plenty of other things throughout this offseason on 720 WGN. Big thanks to absolutely everybody, especially Jack Heinrich, our producer, Mike Fulta, who joined us on tonight's show, all the previous guests, the Blackhawks for arranging all those previous guests, and especially you, the listener. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate everyone chiming in via text, via calls. Can't wait to talk to you next year. Stay tuned to WGN Radio for more Blackhawks updates. That's going to do it for Blackhawks Live this season.